Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murren. I'm the host of this podcast, and hope you enjoyed the ride of Forged in Ohio so far with the first two interviews. I know I tease an amateur fighter who won his debut at Cage Thunder 17 for episode three, but there was a slight change in the lineup. Regardless, I'm really excited about today's episode and today's guest. This amateur flyweight is incredible at what he does. He's undefeated in three fights and has won them all inside the distance. His background is in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's next level, and not only is that next level, but so is his nickname. He is Anthony the Bagel Jagel. Thanks for coming on, and welcome to Forge in Ohio, Anthony. Yeah, man. Um, thank you for having me on today, bro. I've really been trying to get on the show for, uh, you know, numerous of times now since you've been starting your, uh, you know, little thing, man. And I'm really uh, appreciated for you uh, doing this with me. Thank you, man. Of course, man. It's amazing to have you on. I mentioned the nickname. So first and foremost, I have to address it. I know it rhymes with your last name, but I'm assuming there's more to it. How did you get the nickname The Bagel? Uh, so pretty much, um, it's just like it's just pretty much how it is. Like it rhymes my 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 last name Jagel with a J, and just people just they just I don't know they just like that name for it's just just like a really intriguing uh, nickname to them the like Bagel. So when I was just like doing my nickname, I was like, why not just say Anthony the Bagel Jagel? Sounds catchy, and I don't know. It just like it just sounds like a catchy thing. And people get their attention to it. like they be like, "What is the bagel?" And then when they see my action out there, they they see me fight. about like, okay, it sounds catchier. And then just like it just rhymes with everything. Yeah, you definitely embraced it. That's for sure. I know you started training in wrestling at a young age, but what motivated you to get into a gym for the first time? After I got done with my collegiate wrestling career back in like 2018, 2019, I like I like had like a season in uh in the injury i tore my acl so like i would just like rehab a lot of times and i would say like after the pandemic started opening back up that 2020 uh i started seeing buddies of mine with the high school with started doing it and then i just like it was just like a leap of faith more like i didn't know what i wanted to do with my life and then I knew I always wanted to be an athlete, but I just didn't know if I still had it in me because, like, after injury, you just don't know what you want to do with your life. But after I took that leap of faith in 2020, like September 2020, uh, from there, the ball just saying, just started rolling. Like, just started doing more classes with wrestling again, picking my wrestling back up with jujitsu and then striking. And then about a year later, uh, November 2021, that's why I did my first amateur fight. And now, here we are now. And in 2022, going to 2023, um, I just want to let you know that I am doing my last amateur uh, MMA fight in the beginning of next year and for Ohio Combat League. So I just I just keep going, man. I just keep training every day, man. Just uh, I, I'm a big man of faith, and I, I just try to uh, believe in God's works and, and trust the process. And here we are now. That's why I kind of just, like, you, like I was saying in the beginning, just taking that leap of faith, and now I'm here now just like just – Never giving up on myself. Just keep going. Well, that's huge news you just dropped at the top of this interview. You're going pro at the start of next year after your last amateur fight for Ohio Combat League. When is that fight going to be? For the amateur fight, is January 7th uh, for Ohio Combat League. It's going to be at the Hollywood Casino 
in Columbus, Ohio, and then probably like springtime, summertime, uh, me and my coaches, we would talk about going like professional. And and like I said, just um, it's been a long waiting for me because I never thought – because when you're a young amateur fighter, you always wanted to like – you see all these UFC fighters, one championship fighters, all these Bellator, all the pros, and you think like, man, I'm trying to get there, man, fast as possible, but – I think it it just really just takes like it just takes time, man. And then like whenever you your coaches feel like comfortable, whatever's the best situation, just go for it. You know what I'm saying? But in the right time, and don't just like just rush the process. But like I said, amateur fight last one is January seventh, and then probably go professional uh, spring or summertime next year. Okay, so January seventh, last amateur fight. Do you have an opponent set for that bout yet? Yeah. Um, I can't pronounce his last name, but uh, it's like Mahfusta. Um, I know he's Iranian. He fought on on the card I fought on back in July. I think it was like the the July card for Ohio Combat League. Um, I think he has a de decent, pretty uh, wrestling background because he's from Iran, and most Iranians I know have that big freestyle wrestling background from Iran. Um, so. I could tell he's more of a wrestler. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is probably, is probably getting better. Um, um, but striking, um, that's what we have to test. I, I know a lot of people want to test my striking too. So we'll see, man. If it's like a, it's just like two grapplers going at it pretty much. Yeah, if it's wrestling versus wrestling, grappling versus grappling, I do like your chances. Going back to how you got into the sport, though, after wrestling, what attracted you to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and ultimately your current gym in Queen City Grappling in Middletown, Ohio? Just know friends from uh, high school who trained in there, and like this is like back in like 2020. So then, I I was just watching these guys like you know some of the stories on IG, just like talking about you know they were just showing like about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I just hey what do I have to do to get into it? They had to come to like a Sunday open mat. I went to a Sunday open mat, and I fell in love with it from the from the beginning. And then, and then from there, during that week too, I started getting into like the kickboxing, the Muay Thai, and then. But like I said, I always been a big fan of, of mixed martial arts, man. As a kid, watching Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, the, you know, all the legendary guys from the old UFC days, and even up to now, man, like Khabib, you know, Israel Adesanya, you know, the McGregor's, like all of them, man, like. Just like I've been always been a big fan of mixed martial arts, man. And so I think, like I said, I just got into that in 2020, man. And I just took it from there. Who would you say in mixed martial arts, since you're a fan of it, that you have tried to replicate your game from the most? If I had to like sum it up in top three, and it's kind of weird because like I remember I watched this Floyd uh, Mayweather, um, it was like this like video I watched. He it's all it all depends because some days Floyd was he said some days Floyd would want to be Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, and he would kind of like shake it up in this little box, and then he would just say, "Well, shake it up in the box to see what we get." So if I had to say my top three, like who I actually watch a lot is you know the Dagestan guys, you know Khabib and Islam Makachev guys, them guys, and then some days I want to be like Mighty Mouse because he's like my size, you know, so he's like not that much taller than me. He's like in the five, he's below five, five, you know what I'm saying? He's a small guy and he could do it all. And God, I even though I know Israel Adesanya just lost recently, but I like him. I like his striking uh, aspect. I like it. I, I just like his striking, man. And he's one of the best strikers I've seen in the MMA game. So like I was thinking up, like that's my top three, but it just all depends how I feel one day. But usually 
I know I'm usually doing my wrestling thing, like Khabib, but there's just some days I want to mix up in my striking. So that's just how my top three is. But mostly, I know most of the time people like uh, they would just see me as a wrestler, try to be like Khabib. You mentioned your size. You compared that to Mighty Mouse, which I think is a great comparison. How have you dealt with that obstacle really so far in your career? Because I know size is something that doesn't come naturally to you compared to some of your other people that you're fighting against. I mean, like I said, everybody's built different. Like you can't control certain things like that, make your height, the reach, and all that. So, but on the short aspect of a fighter, like something like Mighty Mouse. You just gotta believe in your coaches, man, and believe in yourself and believe in yourself when you're out there fighting these guys or just training with them who are bigger than you. You're like and you just gotta know how to close distance, use angles, use a lot of feints. And you know what I'm saying? You just gotta get in. You just gotta take the fight to them, but in a safe manner, man. Like cause if you're rushing in there, that's how you get knocked out. But if you know how to use the precautions of using angles, closing distance, footwork, you know, et cetera, et cetera like what you see most shorter fighters do then yeah, that's how you're able to do well. Now you are gonna have to take damage because you're the sort of guy, but if you know how to use it in the right way, you can win a lot of fights, man. Cause look at guys like Mighty Mouse, who's been dominated for years. He beat uh, Adriana Moraes back in one cha- in one championship back in um, August. Like Moraes is like five eight five nine, and Mighty Mouse uh, made it look easy in that second fight because he, he managed the distance, the angles, the timing, the footwork, and he did what he had to do. And that's how he was able to become, you know, a champion again for one championship. I watched some of your tape on YouTube and you mentioned in the vlog that you won a gold medal in November 2020 with only two months of training. Tell me about that experience and how you were able to do so well with barely any time to prepare. Shout out to my guy, Ruben Vera, man. That's my guy, bro. So, like, he's been a really big uh, part of my training, man, like, because, like, I, I gravitated towards him a lot, man, because we talked a lot in the beginning of 2020, man, before the pandemic came, but I was still, like, rehabbing my, my ACL injury. As I started my training in September 2020, man, it was just, like, a simple, you know, grab on the industry, you know, tournament in, like, Indian, Indianapolis. He was like, hey, man, you want to just try it? And I was just like, yeah, man, I, I'm not working that weekend. And I was just like, yeah, I'll just try it. And then I went out there. It was kind of – what's funny is it's like, Competing in jiu-jitsu and stuff similar to wrestling. But, yes, I know, like, the, the pulling guard, everything's, you know, mostly on the ground. Guys can play on their back and stuff. But the, the grappling exchange, just pure grappling, is so similar to wrestling. So I think in that term, I was just able to, like, you know, just, like, you know, muscle memory, just having a good IQ, just, like, out-wrestling out people, you know, for the most sake. And then from there, I think from that tournament, we just kept – we just kept doing comp- competitions, competitions, and then from there, my guy was like, "Hey, man, you want to take a fight?" I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So my guy just not my guy Ruben not just having me just doing like these fights, like you know, like these MMA fights. Like he's had me doing like jujitsu matches, you know, Muay Thai fights as an amateur. So then, when I do go professional, at least I have a good enough experience around these different like, fields of fighting. You know what I'm saying? Talking to Anthony the Bagel Jagel on Forged in Ohio. Let's talk about your amateur career in MMA to this point. What did it feel like walking into the cage for the first time against Colton Elser in 2021 and delivering a performance the way you did via rear naked choke in round two? Well, <laughs> so th- this is like uh, it was it's a, it was it was a it was a crazy feeling. I'll tell you that because when you haven't competed in a while, like like I. 
and that was like my first cop big competition like around with like a big crowd like that like the center stage i haven't felt like that since like wrestling at the state tournament or you know or getting ready for like you know like the regional tournament in collegiate wrestling getting ready for nationals so i haven't felt like this in a long time like going out there but when i got when i but when i got there with light camera action man i just tell myself man like hey man i put all the work man and like this dude's put the work in but he ain't put the work i did and like I said, I'm a I'm a man of faith, man. So I, I just believe in God's, you know, process, man. I believe in myself, my coaches, and God, man. When I got out there in that cage, man, like so going out there, you know, I felt fine. Uh, I know, like watching that fight, man. You know, you could tell, okay, this guy's just more of a wrestler. But from that on point, man, I would just tell you, man, I'm more of a better fighter than that Anthony J. You guys saw that night. But when I did get that win, it was probably one of the greatest feelings in the world because it's like. When you're playing like team sports, man, it's like it feels good. But when you actually did everything for yourself as an individual, man, it just feels so much good, man. Because, but I also know how old buddy felt too on that side too. Because it sucks when you're losing too. Because you can't blame nobody but yourself. You know what I'm saying? So, but on that night, man, on November 6, 2021, dude, I getting that getting that rear choke. Getting that win in front of my hometown people, bro, in Middletown, the Dayton, Ohio, it's not that far, bro. It just, it felt good, man. So I just, you know, I just keep, you know, like I said, from that point on, man, I just keep tr trusting myself, man. Keep believing, because like I said, you have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, this, then this war is not going to work out. Anything you do in life is not going to work out. You have to believe in yourself. Were there added emotions after that victory coming off of the ACL injury? You said you took that leap of faith getting into this sport. What was that like, and were there any more emotions attached to that win? Yes, yes, it was because when you do MMA, man, you don't know. You're, you're. I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be real with everybody. You're gonna be scared, bro, because the anxiety, the nerves. You don't want to lose in front of your home people, or just a, a lot of things that come with it, man. But you know, but but everybody knows it's mixed martial arts. It's a fighting sport, bro. So when the losses gonna come and go. But you know, with that, like you were saying, like it was nerve-wracking because i haven't competed in such an environment like this in a long long time since like my collegiate and high school wrestling days and it was just a lot of motion you know from the knee injury because i just didn't know what i want to do in my life but then it's something like uh this man like when you just don't look back of what you've done and you just look forward and then you like look around once in a while you know smell the roses in that environment you're just like damn i didn't know i can really make it here no, I'm saying from this point on, man. And then you just like after that win, you're just like, okay, I can really do this. Okay, what's the next, you know, what's the next objective to get what I need to be at in life? And I think in times, man, we we just think like that, man. What do I need to do in here? But then sometimes we just need to smell the roses in the moment. And then once you achieve that moment, smell it again. And then okay, what's the next objective? Because like I said, it's a lot of emotions that go into this thing, bro. How long do you let yourself smell the roses and embrace a win and victory before you move on and get hungry for the next opponent and the next fight? Uh, I would probably say, man, it, it all depends, to be honest, because I wouldn't say I like to smell the roses too long, but I do like to enjoy the process, the, the moment, probably maybe like a week or so, maybe a week and a half, man, it depends, maybe two weeks, because... But I'm, when I mean like I'm smelling the roses, I'm still training, but I'm still enjoying that moment because that motivation, that win, 
it's going to bring you into the next, like, you know, for your next goal, your next fight and all that. So I remember I saw this video on uh, Israel Adesanya. He was talking about after the Whitaker fight, everybody's like, you know, he, his, in his mind as a fighter, and I understand that as a fighter, we all want to be like, what's the next objective? What's the next fight? But sometimes if we could just ease back, smell the roses in this moment, use that as motivation for your next fight, you know what I'm saying? Because now you can use that motivation as you smell the roses just a little bit longer than what you usually do. You know what I'm saying? Because if you just go on to the next fight, not smelling the roses, then you just want to be like, all right, what's next? Nonchalant. But if you just take your time, it, it, it makes everything in the process a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You controlled that entire first fight. Then you fought again for B2 fighting series in April of this year. You fought Chris Adams and you were even more dominant in this fight. You quickly landed a slam takedown, transitioned to full mount, and then landed some ground and pound to end the fight in the first round. What did that win feel like and mean to you in your amateur career? That fight against Chris Adams, it felt good. Confidently going in, like, you know, going into that second fight because I'm, I'm more comfortable with the, with the cage. You know what I'm saying? The lights, camera, action, everybody's. So what's funny about that night, um, I literally had a Brazilian jiu-jitsu match the next day for a uh, for a, uh, a promotion down here I call Kumite BJJ. So the guy, Chris Adams, no, um, he's a good good fighter, man. Um, uh, so basically I had a fight before, I had a fighter before him, so it was like a last replacement with Chris Adams. So that's why I'm gonna give him a shout out for taking the fight anyway. So, but going into him, like, uh, he was taller. He was like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, but once I was able to close range, that's why I think I did good in that fight, just closing range, taking him down. But then I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time with this guy because I know I'm a better fighter than he is, so I'm just going to end the fight right here on the mount position and then just gonna get my quick TKO. And then I had my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu match, like, the next day, and I won that super fight from that so like overall like going into that second fight i felt more confident and just like learning a lot of things about myself into that second fight brandon donaldson was your most recent opponent at ohio combat league 20 in july more dominance from you on your end as you finish the fight in the first round with your second career rear naked choke submission will your opponents ever learn to stop your wrestling jiu-jitsu and submissions or are you just that physical in there that you'll be able to take any fight to the ground at will uh, if you're not like a dagestanian guy or a really really collegiate wrestler and you know what i'm saying then that was i would say that's probably be the only time or i might have you know some problems with other grapplers but for the most part it doesn't matter who you are because at my gym at queen the grappling dude we're we have one of the best, like, you know, grappling teams out there, not just MMA, but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well, too, because we use a lot of wrestling into our system. So I have got, like, one of my training partners, uh, Zachary Westland, he took second at the University 23 uh, Greco Greco-Roman Trials, and he's around my side. He's a 135. So I go with that killer every single day as a wrestler. He's a wrestler, too. So going with him every day and other guys, uh, I feel comfortable going with anybody in the, in the world when it comes to just pure grappling. So I feel like I can dominate anybody. It doesn't matter where, if it's on the feet, on the ground. So I can predict where I want to take the fight at. But for other guys who are just strikers, I mean, you need it. They, they just need to, you know, work on their grappling game more. And that's one thing I could tell them because this is MMA, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm still, you know, learning to be a better striker. 
you know what I'm saying stuff like that but in the meantime like I it doesn't matter who you are because when you're in the cage man you know what I'm saying it's like hey I'm going to do what I got to do to get the you know to get the dub so it doesn't matter where on the feet or on the ground I can I'm comfortable anywhere yeah your wrestling foundation is truly exceptional you last competed in a Muay Thai contest on October 9th against Jesse Sidhu in Pittsburgh. Obviously, you couldn't use your strongest asset, which is your grappling and wrestling in that fight, but you still landed some great strikes. Ultimately, you lost by split decision. Talk to me about the process of that Muay Thai fight, and do you feel like you did enough in the ring to win that fight? Both sides, how my, my uh, po opponent won. And I could see how I won too as well because I mean I could tell he was out uh, performing me in the clinch in times with because he's a lot bigger than me with the knees and uh, he could, he was using a lot of kicks, but I felt like I was out boxing him the whole time and I was throwing more of a power shot than into my kicks, and and I felt like I was controlling the range. I was more the aggressor, so I felt like I truly won that fight. But you know all props to to my opponent for winning and. But like I say, I think me and my coach was talking about, hey, man, we're not going in here to, like, win or lose, man, to, like, you know, to be a, a Muay Thai fighter. This is only for us to be a better MMA fighter, you know what I'm saying, so we can mix it all in together. But uh, for that experience, I loved it, man. Uh, um, I just love – I love – I'm a really big fan of Muay Thai as a self, man, and – like, I would love to do one of the Muay Thai high, you know, the like, mixed rule fights, like one championship, the, the one Mighty Mouse did with Rod Tank. I would love to do one of them, uh, one of them fights. Them fights are pretty, you know what I'm saying? If I, if nobody's ever watched one championship, I would advise you to watch it because they got some pretty cool guys over there. And, but overall, man, that, that event right there itself was a, just a, a dope experience. And I think overall, it's going to make me a better fighter going into the future for MMA. Once again, this is Anthony the Bagel Jagel with us on Forge in Ohio. I mentioned your YouTube earlier, and I watched all of your videos on your YouTube channel called The Tale of Jagel Bagel. It seemed like you were enjoying those vlogs, but you haven't been active on the channel recently. Why is that? I was just doing it for more of a, um, for a, just like for fun, just for my, uh, you know, just like, just something, just to do something, man, uh, for fun. But, um, would I love to get back to that uh, vlog? Maybe uh, one day, I, but maybe like when I'm more professional and uh, and I can hire somebody. Uh, I, I see a lot of uh, MMA professional fighters do it. Like they'll have their own vlog page. But maybe if I can hire somebody and the you know with good skill sets and in that in that field, then yeah, you know I would love for them to do like my they they can control my vlog stuff. They can do all the editing and stuff like that because. I just, I just rather just stray, man, you know what I'm saying? But in my personal aspect of the whole thing. Something that's hard to miss about your personality is your fandom for anime. If I'm being completely honest, I know nothing about anime. I see that you're really into it, though, especially Naruto, especially, I'm pretty sure. What got you yeah. into anime, and do you draw any correlation between that and fighting? Oh yeah, for sure, man. For sure, for sure. So basically, um, I've been watching anime since I was a kid on Cartoon Network, uh, like the old Dragon Ball Z days, man. I used to just watch it, but I didn't understand the storyline. But the the it's you know you know how we're everybody's big into art. I don't you know regardless of what everybody said, we're all into art. 
so it reminds me a lot of fighting too as martial arts now like as i'm into the game more it reminds me of like the art of cartoon can be related into like in reality so when i watch these guys uh, these characters like naruto from a background like he didn't have anything and he worked his way up and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into anime too like the storyline the character development all that so it's kind of like i can relate to that in the reality world is like everybody is we all start for nothing man you know what i'm saying but we're like these characters from this cartoon and the anime where we're having we're going through these trial tribulations we, we accomplish our goals and etc man but we're all in a, this like character development moments where you see these characters and you're like oh, you're like dang man like he actually achieved this moment like naruto he actually achieved this moment so then when I can relate that in the reality world, I can do that same thing. Like I'm training my, my butt off every single day. And then when I go out there and I achieve my goals, but regardless if that's in the cage or an outside of the cage for business and whatever, whatever, man, I, I just feel good. Can I, and I'm just looking at, I, if he can do this stuff, I can do this. So I build a lot of, uh, I can compare a lot of things what I see from anime into the reality of the world we live in today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's an interesting correlation. If someone was trying to get into anime, what's your go-to? What's your go-to recommendation for anybody out there? I would never want to get anybody into Naruto, even though that's a crazy thing to say because I'm a big Naruto fan. It's because in Naruto, there's so many episodes because there's so many things. Like there's like 500 episodes and but plus more. There's like it's like 500 plus episodes. There's a lot of episodes that are non-canon. Non-canon means like it doesn't like go with the storyline or go with the comic it's called manga which is like a comic book too like in japanese it's like the japanese comic book uh, but it's just some episodes that are correlated to the manga and this episodes are not correlated to the manga so i usually tell people to watch the, the newer animes like demon slayer my hero academia uh jujutsu kaisen and you know etc like the them like newer anime shows because one the animation is more updated and the seasons are shorter you know them they're like it's, these shows on pile have like one or two seasons so then you know people can gradually gradually just you know you know just take this a leap of faith into anime and they're just like okay i see what it's going with and and a lot of people like it man for the most part man when i when i put them on they'll be hey man what shows should i watch i'll usually be like hey watch uh demon slayer and most of time they'll like it they'll like it and from there then i'll be like okay as you casually like more the hey can I, can I watch some older anime then yeah watch naruto watch cowboy bebop watch dragon ball z watch uh one piece whatever man you know what i'm saying i just i usually try to go for for the newer uh generation of anime i'm certainly learning a lot i'm sure the listeners are as well in your mind, what is the ceiling for your career? What does the top of the mountain look like for Anthony the Bagel Jagle? <laughs> uh, man, I see that's a that's a crazy thing, man. Like it's I, I say like it's crazy because in the process I don't know where I'm going at times. So but in that and what I do I do see myself as a world champion. I do pray for that every single day. Like I just pray I like I just see myself as a world champion. I'm going to stand on top of that mountain and I beat everybody in my opponent who was in my way. And I see myself as a world champion. But, not, but when I see myself as a world champion, I don't want to see like, okay, I'm just a world champion. I want to give back to my people who have been there for me from the, uh, 
from the ground up, you know, saying give back, you know. But not, when I'm saying being a champion, people need to get out this mindset. Yeah, I'm a champion. That's great. But what are you going to do with this championship? Or how are you going to use it? Are you going to use, you know, are you going to use it for good or bad? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like if for me, I want to like, you know, help out with myself, my family, you know, the people who, who've who been there for me, you know, start up businesses, et cetera, you know, and do it for the good, you know, and use it for, for good reasoning. You know what I'm saying? Cause like I said, I am a man of God, man. I am, a, I, I, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm trying to be a better, you know, man of God, and uh, in my Christian ways, and I just try to do what, you know, what I'm saying what God did. You now, like He's a good, you know, He's a good, He's a good person, man. You know, God was, He gave us His world, and you know, He, and I feel like as a world champion, with my, you know, me practicing all my, uh, my faith of religion, I feel like I want to be, I want to do good for people. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Right, so that's basically what I see myself when I achieve this big uh, ultimatum goal as becoming a world champion is giving back to my people. You want to be a champion. You see yourself with a belt around your waist. Do you have your eyes set on any particular promotion, whether that be the UFC, Bellator? You mentioned one with the different rule sets. Do you have your eyes set on any particular promotion out there? To be honest, I'm more of a fan of the. It's going to come down to the uh, one championship in UFC, most likely. That's what I'm going to be looking forward to. Because I know I'm, I'm not. Uh, I know a lot of promotions don't have a 125 division. So, like an example of like the PFL and Bellator, they don't have a 125 division, which is odd. That I think the only promotions what I I think do have is like one championship. UFC and Combate Global, but I think the bigger picture would be like more like UFC and one championship for sure. You said your next fight, your last amateur fight, January seventh, Ohio Combat League. Are you a predictions guy? Can we get a prediction from you? Nah, I'm not that type of dude, man. Like I just, uh, if I had, I I've never been like that guy, man. Because like, like don't around, I do, I know all my finishes have been like in the first round. Besides my first fight that was the only fight that we went to the second round but i don't predict that stuff because i mentally physically and everything prepare myself for a three-round fight because you never know you can never underlook or overlook any of your opponents so you never know what they're capable of so you have to prepare yourself to fight all three rounds even if it was in a championship fight i had to prepare myself for a five-round fight because if i'm out here to say oh yeah I'm going to do this and that, but then you don't deliver them. That looks, you know what I'm saying? That then, then people are going to like, well, you didn't get the finish. Then you just hype the whole show up for no reason. But if you just hype the show up, but Hey, I'm going to beat this dude either way, but I'm prepared to go to war all, all these rounds. Then, you know what I'm saying? It makes everything better. So I can't really tell you how this fight's going to go. I do. I do see myself winning in any fashion, whether that's, TKO submission or decision—it doesn't matter. But I, I am mentally preparing myself for a three-round fight, as always. You know what I'm saying? Planning on going four and zero as an amateur before you go pro next year. I'm sure I'm one of many people who are looking forward to seeing the Bagel Jagle in action again, January seventh. Write it down, everyone. Last thing, Anthony, where can fans find you on social media to stay up to date on your career? I mean, it, I do have a link tree. In my uh, Instagram, uh, I, on my Instagram account, but it's 
it's the bagel. It's the bagel. That's what is. That's what it's called on the IG. Uh, at it's the bagel. And like I said, I have a link tree to all my other social media platforms on there. And as I continue to get bigger, like I said, I do want to take my social media game a lot further. So that's why I would like to have like a social media team as I get bigger with the vlogging on my YouTube channel, as we speak up earlier, and other stuff as well. And like I said, I do see, I do envision a lot of stuff in my business game. So I'm trying to like work on my business a lot more as a young fighter. But like I said, you could just follow me on IG on uh, at it's the bagel, and from there, from that's pretty much from there. Awesome. Thanks for coming on again, Anthony. I not only brought you on because of your talent, but of course, because you're from the state of Ohio. This is forged in Ohio, and there's only one way I like to end an interview. It's with a chant that goes like this. OH. IO. It's episode three, and that will never get old. Thanks again for the time, Anthony. Good luck in training and on January 7th in your next bout, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, bro. That was Anthony the Bagel Jagel. The nickname is there, the talent is there, and the hometown of the best state in the country is there. This is one exciting amateur flyweight prospect. Next week, the streak of amateur mixed martial artists continues, and I still have a ton of fighters I want to get on the program. Until then, share and subscribe to this podcast. I've been your host, Jake Murin, and this was Forged in Ohio.